I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. I am so happy that you are here and I would love for you to take a quick second and click like and hit subscribe. It is so important to help this podcast continue. And if you love what you're hearing on the podcast, you can continue to get cool stuff. All you have to do is go to beufindhappy.com and join the movement. Good morning, Kathy. Such an awesome time to have you on the BU Find Happy podcast. And we're going to talk about such cool stuff today, right? Astrology, tarot, we're going to talk about all sorts of fun things, um, empowerment. And I'd, I just um, super excited. I can't tell you. Um, can you share with the listeners a little about who you are and what you do and how amazingly connected you are in this wonderful world of all things metaphysical? Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm very happy to be here speaking from an incredibly sunny day. I call myself a professional Aquarian and say that I have built my life and career on the bridge between the logical mind and intuition. I'm a, I'm a professional astrologer. Uh, I'm also, I also use tarot and psychic skills to advise people. My background is as an attorney a business attorney, and I still actually do uh, a bit of that. And I'm also a performer. And all of these things seem to weave together into um, a life and a way of being that make sense. Isn't it interesting how life really does do that when we allow it to? How uh, when we kind of step outside of the rules and the, uh, the rigid box lines that we put ourselves into, Everything does have some level of fluidity. I've also found the dots have a way of connecting themselves that sometimes long, long, late down the line, it, it will seem like everything I have done has led to a certain point, even though the different activities or events or talents or whatever were seemingly completely unconnected. At some point, they converge and in a way that no five-year management plan could ever have dreamed up. <laughs> and that, yes, and that's exactly what we talk about on the podcast. That's exactly what I talk about with um, friends and family in my life. How, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago, this was going to lead to this, was going to lead to that, would lead to this, would lead to that. I would have said, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that, That's just absolutely crazy. But uh, looking back with hindsight's always being 2020, it's amazing to see how when we get out of our way and allow things really do start to connect and, um, and really become building blocks on each other. Like, honestly, things that I'm doing right now today, I, I couldn't have emotionally done uh, without all of the other things that came before it. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And not just to say life experience. Um, but almost life unexperienced as well, if that makes any <laughs> sense at all. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes, it does. <laughs> so you're coming on to the podcast at a really cool time, um, and all the guests of late have been hearing this, but we're doing um, this really fun series called But Why, where uh, we're asking all sorts of like deeper questions and just kind of really encouraging people to uh, think outside 
of the narratives that they've that they've been told and just explore different ideas. And I actually recently shared this in a, one of my e-journals that I had someone say to me, I, I posted something on social media and I said, but I reserve the right to change my mind. And they called me a hypocrite. And I stood by my, my thoughts on that. And I said, no, reserving the right to change my mind when presented with new information is my God-given right. Like that makes me an independent thinker. That is the path to healing. It is the reason we're in the mess we're in right now in a lot of ways. Um, it's the catalyst for change in your life and productive flow. So, so we've been um, really encouraging people lately to uh, just kind of challenge some of the narratives that they've told themselves, that they've, that they've been told, um, some of the beliefs that they've held on to for so long. So what do you think about talking a little bit about um, astrology as it pertains to end times, as it pertains to Jesus Christ, Nostradamus, just all sorts of prophecy and things like that. What do you think about us having that conversation? Um, I recently had somebody kind of rock my world with this idea that, uh, first of all, I've been told by astrologers in the past that, uh, that, that the wise men were the original astrologers that they were like, that, that is how they found the star, the conversion of, I guess, three really stars that lit the sky that led them to where they were going and all of that. Somebody recently told me that Jesus is of the age of Pisces and that we are moving into the age of Aquarius. What do you think about that? Well, that is the common belief. And I, there's a huge discussion about exactly when that happens and how you measure it and it's something actually here's a weird answer for you that you might not be expecting my approach to all things like astrology or tarot or metaphysics or reincarnation or whatever is generally if I can't apply it to life on earth right now I just I have other things to do with my time. So I, uh, I don't, I haven't spent a lot of time trying to understand or come up with a calculation method uh, for these different ages and figuring out the timing. I do know that there is a lot of thinking that we are making the shift right now, but I don't know when it is or exactly what it might bring or even how people are calculating it. How's that for an unexpected answer? Well, no, and I, I've seen that. I've seen like the, the, oh, well, this calendar starts 170 years past this calendar, and that's actually 1,017 years off of this one. <laughs> it starts to get completely mind-boggling. And I like what you say about, really, how do I apply this to my life today? And so... So another question that I have and kind of just thoughts in general is I use a lot of different tools uh, to kind of ground myself, to look for inspiration. And by that, I'm talking Oracle cards. Mm -hmm. I'm talking um, the Tarot. I'm talking the Bible lately. Um, just all sorts of different methods and different things. I find that people are often very afraid of Tarot. They're very 
they're yeah. very hesitant. They think it's some sort of like evil. Um, and in fairness, there is some things right within it that speak of demons and things like that, like on the cards themselves, like the death card I'm thinking. Um, what's that? The 12 of swords or something like that. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I have been told by a relative that the cards are the work of the devil and they, she will not allow them in her house. Okay, I honor that. Don't bring them in. Uh, they are pieces of cardboard. They contain symbols. Uh, the symbols have some esoteric meaning. Um, I think they're, they, they have archetypes that, re that resonate with us, that have had meaning for hundreds of years. I see them as a, an entry point into information, but I don't see the cards themselves holding any inherent power. People can misuse them, certainly, just as you can misuse anything. There's an element of trust between uh, a person with a deck of cards and a person that they're answering questions for, and the trust that opens up, you, you could be manipulated, you could be misled, you could be terrorized through it, but... Um, I don't think that's what the, they were designed for. That's not how I use them. And I see them as a, uh, a tool for getting another perspective on things that are going on or perhaps going on inside of you. I see them as reflections without any inherent outside power or authority over us. I think that like there's a couple thoughts that are coming to mind. I do I do agree about the idea that they're a reflection or um, some sort of and the other the other component of this is uh, a perception is a big part of it too, right? Like uh, how I perceive the information is going to be different than someone else would perceive the information and or how I perceive the information today would be different than how I perceive it a month from now. Um, yeah. so, yeah, so I feel like that's an important component of it too, is it's, uh, it is, if used properly, it can just simply be for insight. Um, but if not, then how, you know, I can see how people could use these things in a negative way or allow them to become heavy or allow them to lead their thoughts with something that's negative. But that really kind of furthers the dialogue about the idea of our energy as a, as an energetic being and what we are capable of creating or not creating in our lives just from the power of our thoughts. What do you think about the power of our thoughts? Oh, well, especially in light of last week's Virgo new moon, <laughs> there's uh, very much the, your perspective so influences how you experience things. Two different people can have exactly the same surface event and experience it completely differently. And for some people, it would reinforce a negative, like this always happens to me, negative victimization. Some people would just take it as, oh, that's what happens, or it would be fuel. So I do believe that you can certainly make things worse for yourself by focusing on uh, or looking at everything through a, a mindset that has a lot of negative streaks into it. Um, you, by putting your thoughts more towards what you on a positive level would like to experience or, um, well, 
I'm not one of those people who thinks that you can stare into a uh, a shop window and see a necklace on someone on a mannequin and then mysteriously the necklace appears on your neck because you thought, ha, oh, I want this and manifesting it that way. No, uh, which was an image in a movie that gave some people some, I think, wrong ideas. But I, I do believe that where you think is where your energy goes. And if you keep focusing on things from a negative perspective, you're only going to reinforce the negativity in your life. And if you reframe things more into either open or positive, you will, you know, you're inviting in situations, experiences that fit that. It's funny, though. I I feel like we are in an extraordinary time whereby uh, people are not even being held accountable for their own thoughts. Like, you know, it's so easy to blame everybody else. It's so easy to say, you make me unhappy or, you know, this makes me unhappy or uh, you caused this upset in my life and um, not have any attachment to that. I mean, I see this all the time in my psychotherapy practice where I, I and I will literally say, okay, for argument's sake, let's just say yes that person is making you unhappy. Let's just roll with that, even though I disagree strongly with that statement. We've all used it. We've all felt it. But I disagree with the direction that that thought process can go. Um, And I say, okay, so for argument's sake, let's say that that is a true statement. How is that going to change your life for the negative by holding on to that belief? And how can you change your life for the positive? Because the reality is, when we own our own thoughts, then we can change our life. But as long as we're blaming someone else for them, we're never going to get the resolution we're looking for. Because at the end of the day, you can't change someone else. You can only change yourself. And, and I see this so much throughout 2020 in general and, and just the real kind of cluster that this year has been where for some reason we think that by blaming other people for how we feel, we're going to change something. And it's just not going to work that way. We're not going to see positive growth that way. Well, it's abdicating responsibility. It's really handing power over to somebody else who may not even know that you're doing this. It, it, it's not doing anybody any favors to act this way. I, I always tell people, and I'm often, I often ask questions that are unpopular, like, <laughs> Uh, what does it say about you? You know, if something happens like, okay, look at your side of the table. Could you possibly have done something? What could you possibly have done that has led to this situation? And how can you clean up your side of the table? And um, yeah, I'm with it. I, in fact, I came up with a new way of looking at things. You know, there's this old longstanding uh, distinction among people that you either see the life as the glass half full or the glass half empty. Well, I now see people who say the glass is made of lead and it's cracked and there is um, toxic sludge in the glass. <laughs> and then, then there's also another group that say my glass is refillable. So I kind of like that approach. <laughs> but- it's funny that you even mentioned that because that's exactly the scenario that I gave in my um, in my e-journal. And I was just saying how um, you know, I'm notoriously a glass half full person. And lately I've been feeling like, is this like toxic water? That's going <laughs> to, so it's funny that you say that. What, 
But what that led to was for me to step back and say, um, I don't need to be influenced by other people's opinion of what's happening in my cup. Like I can, I can allow myself to feel how I feel in the moment and then work with my mindset and shift it to a more positive place, you know? Um, although I will say 2020 has felt a lot like a bowl of cereal that you let sit too long. (laughs) Like it's still edible, but it's not pleasant. (laughs) That is the most benign description I've heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think that uh, at a time when so much of uh, everybody's energy is affecting everybody else's energy in ways where you can't get away from it, uh, what do you encourage uh, people to do and what are you seeing uh, with, in your practice with energy and how it's, how it's moving and and how people are using it uh, for benefit or for negativity? What are you seeing there? Well, that's interesting that you phrase it that way. I will say what I'm seeing, and then I'll say what my response was. Um, I have been watching. I have seen two d- distinct things. Some people just completely overwhelmed and uh, realizing that they had to pull out of a lot of things. And actually, a lot of people have this year come to realize where the distractions and the um, schedule clutter is in their life. And they've been simplifying, 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 and pulling out of things that are making them queasy because they feel under assault all the time. So why add to it? I have seen a lot of people um, rescuing animals. I have seen a lot of people starting to take care of their own food sources, doing very simple, regular things to ground and their lives and to bring sanity into it. I actually even have a few edible plants growing on my deck and I do not have a good track record with plants, but I'm doing it. Um, I, I saw so many people is as if everyone became an empath, whether they use the word or not, we're on such an energetic bombardment and there is an air of terror and anxiety that is blanketing all of existence. It's seemingly uh, inescapable. And I have some theories about that, but put that to the side. Um, I actually have a free downloadable course on my site that I, I started teaching again called reclaiming your energy. And it discusses how we pick things up from people and different techniques that we can have for clearing ourselves out. And I really just think periodically just getting out of situations and doing something to dump out of your being whatever you've been carrying because my experience and observation is large portions of it aren't yours you're picking up stuff from other people especially if you spend much time at all on social media you're picking up stuff from people you don't even know I very, very, very much felt that. And I actually uh, had to kind of disconnect my social media because I was feeling just really um, unproductive with my emotional space there. And, um, and since going off, I've like slayed my to-do list, which feels so good and so productive. But something you said earlier really struck a chord. Um, I was, I'm actually going on a meeting later this week and in preparation for the meeting, they said, you know, what is inspiring you right now? Mm -hmm. And simplicity was my answer. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I do think that there is something really powerful with people. Um, and, and this term now, when, when we started using this term on this podcast back in July, 
it had different meaning to me than it has now. Um, <laughs> but I'll say, you know, with people waking up and in that way, I mean, um, recognizing where their responsibilities lie as an individual and what they can do to enhance or unenhance their own life and how they've relied on others, just different things like that. You know what I mean? Like that process of kind of waking, we were living in this world where, you know, we took so much for granted Mm -hmm. uh, because of the ease of it. Like there was this just, you know, it was just so basic to do these things and not question anything about it. Uh, well, 2020 definitely rocked that. I mean, just as a, as a mom with a young kid in school, I can say, attest to this and say, you know, I took school and him going to public school for granted. Um, it was always what I knew at some point he was going to reach this age and this is what he was going to do. And he, and it was the same thing that his dad and I did. And, you know, that's been completely flipped upside down. And I'm in this space of, of really realizing, I, hey, I never in, planned on being in this space. But now that I'm here, how capable am I? And how amazing is this to get to raise my son in a simple way where he's going on field trips uh, with me? And he's having this experiential-based learning rather than sitting in a chair for eight hours a day with two 40 minute breaks, you know, kind of a thing. So it's the simplicity of life has been more apparent now than ever before. Absolutely. You said you were an attorney. <laughs> Talk to me about that a little bit. Um, what what was that like for you where you felt pulled to do something else? Oh, well, I went to law school as a very, uh, <laughs> very quick reaction to things getting really complicated with what my first path was. I was heading off to graduate school to become a German professor and a whole bunch of things started shaking that up right before my senior year in college. This is a, this is a theme in my life. You're going a certain direction and then seemingly unconnected outside forces start coming in and, uh, shaking the game plan. <laughs> so I, uh, when, when a lot of stuff got, uh, it, I, I made a decision in a split second, like, what else do I do? Oh, okay, I'm going to law school. And uh, I realized within about a month that it was intellectual gymnastics. It was something I was certainly capable of doing, but I was desperately unhappy, even in law school. And I graduated, uh, I was clinically depressed, and I graduated with the assistance of a psychiatrist and antidepressants not good, and went to uh, went to work at a, I turned down what I thought was going to be the big pressure, huge, um, huge firm, very prestigious firm. I later figured out I could have hidden in that place. I would have been on the <laughs> genius track and I could have been in the corner doing something and that wouldn't have been a problem. So I went to a small firm that boasted quality of life and uh, a whole bunch of 
things started happening to me there I was not allowed to do. I went there to practice corporate and business law with a specific person. And I got there and found out that his personal life was in complete upheaval and they weren't letting me near him. And I was moved into one type and then another type. And then finally with him and it just was awful. So I was ill. I became, uh, I got very ill actually physically and became rated for life insurance purposes. And uh, when it, I actually, after about three years, I got fired, which was something a very interesting experience for a Phi Beta Kappa top of her class graduate. Uh, like, oh, okay. And um, I just moved in with another attorney that I knew to, I decided I was going to be a freelance writer and I would just take whatever walked in the door to keep myself going. And for a number of years, I did both of those things and my freelance writing career built up. And then I went to astrology school and that was so much fun. I had been interested in astrology since junior high. In fact, even had a column about it in the high school paper, just based on stuff I had read. I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so I went to school and then I started writing about it and doing readings and working at a really beautiful bookstore in Houston. And, um, but, and my law practice continued to my surprise and it kind of moved into working for arts groups, working for people who weren't used to having attorneys, never had had one before. Uh, I had a very weird office. I was in the arts area. I wore leggings. I had a magic eight ball on my desk, um, really great art and stuff. And I, I was very, very active in the gay community and representing people with AIDS and, uh, it just, then circumstances opened up for me to, I had a book deal to write about internet legal research, kind of out of the blue. One day, you will love this one. One night I, I would just hit the walls like I'm so sick of this. And I was reading a Carolyn Mace book and just put the book down and looked up and said, what do I need to do? I give up. I give up. I'm handing it over. And I got a call. <laughs> I got a call the next day from a friend uh, who had written an internet research book and said, they, this company wants to do a legal one. Do you want it? And I went, mm. and in four days I had uh, outlined the book. <laughs> and then circumstances, wow. circumstances started for me to move. I relocated to the Northeast and actually shut down practicing law for a few years. And it still keeps, now that I'm, now that I'm in Jersey and not in New, Jer in New York, people were calling me and I went, oh, okay, I took the bar. And it's something that's there for when it's needed. And it's been a really odd credibility card all these years. Like you can't, how can you be a flake if you're a lawyer? I'll go, okay, well, I could argue that point, but at any rate, it, people seem to, you know, they put a lot of credence into it as a consequence of that. So I, I can clearly operate out of the rational side, but I have learned that the non-rational side is the one that is right and it can figure things out, and then the rational side can go make it happen. That makes sense. I like that, and I agree with that. I think that a lot of our most productive work happens in the flow state rather than in the logical, rational brain. Um, although I've also seen um, how much destruction can come from people living in that um, kind of old reptilian response 
brain when it comes to relationships and things like that. And you mentioned something that I, I, I kind of jotted a little note as you were talking, which was um, when you were fired and kind of, I, I heard that shift in your tone um, mm-hmm. and that the weight that's still there on your psyche. And what's interesting is this is so true for humans uh, in general of all sorts of different scenarios, similar to that, whether it be being the one divorced, you know, like someone divorces you, someone breaks up with you, you're canceled, you're fired, you know, any of those, any of those terms, it's that, uh, that loss when you were not in control of it, when someone took your right away to, to leave or to back out or to, um, you know, withdraw. And I, just as you were talking and I've never really thought about it like this, but I was thinking how much better would the world be if we gave people an opportunity? And I know this is not like a realistic thing, like in business, if you're working at McDonald's and you're showing up late every day, but how awesome would it be if we were able to sit down with someone and say, um, I'm, I'm going to give you the opportunity to create some closure for yourself in this situation. That's not really working out, you know, like how powerful would it be if people didn't have to feel so abandoned or, or flipped upside down? Like that would just be so cool. I think, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Mine was more complicated than that. Cause I did intend to leave, but there was a, yeah, so you're right. There was an element of, Ooh, I'd also tried to play their game. They told That's me that- almost worse. Like if yeah. you're, if you know, it's not working out and you don't want to be there anymore, but you're just still kind of in that final phases of like, what am I going to do next? And you're still kind right. of emotionally processing before, and then you get the boot. That's like even worse. I think, you know, like, Oh man, it would just be such a cool space if, cause I've been there before. I know everybody's been there at some point in their life. It doesn't matter how amazing you are. You know, at some point, something doesn't work out and somebody chooses to call it before you can. (laughs) One of the best things that could possibly happen to you. I like your idea, though. There is that's a more empowering way of going about it. Less damaging. I like that idea. And it's true, though, that, I mean, everything that's ever come in the way of my failures has absolutely led to my next success. And if I hadn't had that failure, I would have been held back from that next success. But man, those failures really suck when they happen. And it takes a lot of grit and resiliency and and tapping into yourself and saying, I am good. I am worthy. I am valuable. I am capable. All of these I am mantras, you know? That's really great. Yeah, super true. Um, so talk to me a little bit about your work as an astrologer. What are you, what are you doing? What are you, who are you helping? What do you, what, what's that all about? And, and what do you think about what are we in, uh, just transitioned, right? Saturn's in Aquarius. Am Not I yet. wrong? Yeah, it was sleep and then it will go back yeah, on the uh, winter solstice. Okay. So what's going to be happening at election time? absolute chaos <laughs> like really in the stars it's like literally just says absolute chaos across the top <laughs> well we're we are in a long term everyone across the board on the globe uh in a long term 
evolutionary shudder of going from a very old and intracted way of being into something quite different. And uh, this is extraordinarily personal for the United States, which is trying to decide what kind of structure it wants to have. Uh, and there's a big element of the forces of the that have been in control, the forces of the past, having a death knell. And I mean this also like psychologically in yourself, all right, because there's always a macro, micro aspect to these things. Um, but we've already had a taste of what the new way of being is going to be like. And I think a lot of things will move into uh, a different um, – a different atmosphere starting next year. It'll still be rocky for a while, but not quite like what it is now. This is this is worse than cleaning out a root canal. This is pulling all kinds of stuff up from deep below and showing us things that we thought we had dealt with years and years ago. I've been observing lots of family restructuring, like the order of who's in charge and generation regenerational shuffling and ancestral healing and clearing, which is a way of dovetailing back to how you started this line of inquiry, uh, which is I do actually three main things. I do a lot of forecasting, of explaining how these different symbolic movements up above are being reflected in how we're experiencing life uh, so I do a tremendous amount of forecasting. I do this on a personal level as well, and I tie what is happening now to previous moments in people's lives so they can see what the trajectory or the storyline is and how they've responded before and how they've grown and what they might do with it. Uh, I also help really do try to guide people into understanding themselves and I do a lot of relationship work of I have like seven different things I will look at. I mean, I have many things I'll look at, but I'll give people certain areas of uh, approaches to life and how they are compatible or how they differ to give them like pointers on, okay, here's a difference in communication. Here's a difference in how you experience and take in love um, so that there's an idea going into it of, okay, it's, they're not doing this to me on purpose they they just operate differently. So basically, I, I just try to give the operating manual. I guess is a way to look at it. I don't want to. I don't tell people stuff that's written in stone, and I certainly don't want to be anybody's guru. I give people information so they can go off and live their life with a slightly different perspective on things. It's interesting because it's it's fall now officially, and well, I guess not technically officially, um, but by the time this episode airs, it probably will be. And this year, fall, I feel all of these, and I've even heard people close to me say, oh, I'm having a deja vu or that sort of thing. And I've been feeling heavily uh, these like almost like zap moments where I'm like warped back to high school or I'm warped back to elementary school. And it's something in the air. And I'll say it like that. But I mean, and I've always, you know, in fall or when it shifts to summer, I always kind of have these little bit of like, oh, um, reminiscent of the last, you know, similar season or whatever. But it's really weird. It's almost like, a, I don't know, it's, it's like a deja vu or like this experience of like, I don't know, there's something in, in the air that just 
it like literally switches my brain to a different old space. It's well, very odd. A lot of cellular memories, a lot of things that have been floating around inside of you that haven't hit consciousness for a while are coming up. Yeah. And I see, and I think a lot of people are having this. Yes. Like, cause I hear just in the way that they phrase it, uh, you put it into really eloquent terms there, but they'll say like, oh, I feel like I've been here before or gosh, the way it smells, it reminds me of when I was a kid or they'll say stuff like that, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I know. And it feels, but it almost feels like, I don't want to, I don't want to say it like this because it's not a bad thing, but it, it's almost a sense of panic, but it's not. It's just this like really uncomfortable, like little feeling in your belly, like, because you're not there, but it feels like so close to it that it's almost like a disconnect or something. It's very, very eerie feeling. Well, I, I, it's, it's disorienting. It's almost as if you're in several places at once. Yes. And the, we're certainly getting a taste of time being an illusion. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> People don't even know what day it is anymore. And so well, why wouldn't it make sense that suddenly, oops, I've just gone back decades. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's so true. Like, it really does feel like that. It really does feel like time as an illusion this year. And even my son has made some interesting comments about that and said, is this real? <laughs> you know? oh, and yeah. I'm like, don't ask me this year because <laughs> the answer is going to be really goofy. Uh, but yeah, it, it is wild. So you mentioned um, you were talking generational old bloodlines, blah, blah, blah. Do you believe that there that there are secret societies? Uh, we, we can even go as far as to say Freemasons, Illuminati, whatever. Do you think that there are these like uh, old old bloodlines and secret societies that are still in existence and have some sort of like almost elevated energetic power? I know that the Freemasons actually do exist. I know people who who are in it. I think they're their own little category. Um, as for the other, who knows? I mean, the fact that we, the fact that people talk about them and think about them, that alone gives them an energetic existence, whether you could actually ever prove that these things, that there are groups of people that meet like that scene in the Simpsons of all the old guys in cloaks in a circle around some candles like nah I don't know I don't know about that but I will say that the the energy exists yes and as people feed it and fuel it and whether they're physically here and playing puppet strings I that I don't know but it's interesting you bring up the Simpsons because I just recently saw memes that were showing, and they weren't even, they were just like the imagery from the old episodes of The Simpsons before 9-11. Oh, yes. yes. And they showed that, like, the plane going into the tower, and it's like, okay, so did, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did The Simpsons air that and give someone an idea, or did The Simpsons know something was in, a, in the works? There's a compilation. sensitized. There's a compilation out there of, Scenes from various Simpsons episodes that basically have predicted all of 2020. From That's what I'm saying. That yeah. trips me out. And is it like, okay, were they desensitizing us to what was to come? Or did they plant seeds in people's minds that helped create it, like energetically move it that direction? Well, that's, I hadn't thought of that. Or are they time travelers? I don't know. <laughs> right? But I, I mean, know. so this is the thing about 2020 in general. And I never gave two 
doo-doos about prophecy. I never, I never cared. And it's not to say that I wasn't, uh, you know, that I'm naive or ignorant or anything like that. It's that I was operating in that level, that earth level that I was talking about earlier where, Hey, life's good. I don't need to go down there because it's just fine here. And actually I'm busy tapping into different metaphysical realms that feel better to me, that feel more helpful in my life today. Like you described earlier, but now, now I'm sitting down with the book of Genesis, right? And I'm reading about Hagar and Ishmael and uh, Abraham and Isaac and, and Sarah and all these relationships and how, you know, all of these different things. And then, and now here we are with these talk, not talks anymore, sealed deals on peace in the Middle East, all these things that are prophetic. And it just feels crazy to me. Like I am literally watching a movie unfold. Like I'm in the Da Vinci code or the matrix. You've heard that reference or whatever, like some weird movie is unfolding. Like it doesn't even seem like it's so wackadoodle that it's hard to believe. But then at the same time, it's hard to deny because there's so much pointing to it. That's so interesting. I like how you deflect so well. <laughs> As a psychotherapist, I do that to my clients. So I love that you're like literally using my own tool on me. I'm like, well, I really like that thought. That's interesting. <laughs> and then just leave me with it. Like you just go with that. You sit there and marinate in that for a minute. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, but that makes you a, a stellar attorney, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the the emotional detachment but then still being able to validate that's a very good tactic and skill to have <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about your website empowerment uh what is it empowerment something.net what is it i didn't Empower jot it down empowermentunlimited.net i came up I, I i'm not entirely happy with the name but i wanted something people could have up on their computer screens and not get looked at askew if they were looking at it at work and now of course my website design has very clearly like okay this is just weird um i uh i have uh regularly available forecasts for every week every new and full moon and every month those are also double posted on youtube uh i have uh, a lot of articles a lot of pop culture articles i have uh, the astrology of Doctor Who and Star Trek in there. Also the Marx Brothers. Uh, yeah, it's kind of old. And I, for a while I was doing a lot of uh, celebrity uh, analysis. So if you follow The Bachelor or if you're curious about Meghan and Harry, there's stuff there about that. Um, and I have lots of guided visualizations to work with planetary energies, um, talks explaining what is going on now. That's It's a lot up there it's kind of an overcrowded site well that is wonderful empowermentunlimited.net people can get in touch with you they can learn more um such fascinating stuff thank you so much for coming on the podcast today thank you so much for having me take care this has been a bu find happy podcast for more inspiration check out the links